If there's a mother and you have a child, that mother's love is so beautiful. There's nothing like that in the world. A good mother loves, I'll just, for my, like their son, my mom loved me, you know, and it's just like so beautiful. But there's a point when that the good positive force can be too, too much, not even too much. There's no such thing as too much, but that it will create a lack within the person of having to go out and do things mm. on their own, which is okay. the, the ancient people would then have, you know, there were different initiatory processes for for young boys or young girls or whatever, but like they would take the boys. I'm just more aware of what it was for the boys. So they would take the boys and say, they throw them out into the desert and you have to come back and find your way. And it's like, man, that's so hard. But then they, when they come back, it's like, oh, I don't need to just rely on my mother and all these things anymore. And and sort of what we've seen in our society now is like, especially guys, like not, embodying the divine masculine it's it it, it has become um well not what it not what it should be where you're like and and it doesn't matter like it's not a biological thing whether you're a man or a woman or it's like you have every single human being let's just say humans let's take all that human beings have both masculine and feminine masculine and feminine energy inside of them and each of us need to learn how to balance that. And so if there's the, um, I don't know. I kind of lost my train of thought. <laughs> yeah. But I know what you're talking about, though, because yeah. if, if you think about, yeah, it's, it's that. See, because we see love as reciprocal. So when you're talking mm. about loving a child, like I love my daughter unconditionally. But there is some reciprocation because. She makes me feel like the most important person in the world. And to her, I am. Mm -hmm. And it makes me feel important to her. That's reciprocal. I'm, I'm loving her. But it's not my instinct nature. My, my, my first one is love. And even for her, she operates with complete unconditional. She will just like randomly say, I love you, daddy. After not saying anything, you're like melted. And you, you can't, it, all the stereotypes are true, all that type of stuff. But then it's that innate, I have to now teach her that love isn't reciprocal. You see what I'm saying? You, you, you don't give love to get love back. Mm -hmm. You have enough love within you to love yourself. Mm -hmm. But it's such a difficult concept. How do you kind of break that down into, because I have these conversations all the time with myself of how do you raise, I mean, a practically spiritual child to understand the dangers of the world, but also understand that you attract those dangers mm. or to, uh, you know, understand that, it's not safe out there, even though it is safe out there because you are the commander of your ship. And sometimes you want the unsafe thing. Sometimes yeah. you want the danger and maybe you track that, but like you learn something from those unknown places. You learn something from the danger and like we can't overprotect our kids or ourselves. It's like that's the idea of, well, that's a positive thing, a protection. Yeah. And, and even like it really like universally energetically speaking it's a positive force which is masculine which is structured mm -hmm. right but then that that can create the negative of well you're not prepared for the world that's like you know the we're watching disney movie that's like sleeping beauty when when they the the king and the queen have their daughter aurora which is the sun it's not about her being a biologically male or female whatever 
it's the mythological idea energetically of mm-hmm. being the sun and the king and the queen have a feast and they invite all the people but they don't invite maleficent she's nature she's mother nature she's chaos she's uh she's the thing that's out there and because they don't invite her in she bestows a curse mm-hmm. on on the child and the, and then you see her in the movie and she's kind of just like do 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 and just like this like <laughs> unconscious and there's been like you know people saying like oh it's like sexist or whatever because you got to take the bio like they're not about human beings these are mythological archetypal universal energies that were being talked about um to be on human form and so it's the idea that if you don't invite chaos in and let your child or let yourself experience that and know it they're going to be just like singing to the birds and off in la la land you Mm. know whatever yeah and then she asked she's she represents the subconscious mind and then Prince Philip is the conscious mind and they merge together and whatever. Like, <laughs> that's crazy. That's yeah. a crazy concept. And it's so true. Like merging your subconscious with your conscious, merging your feminine and your masculine. Everybody needs to do that. Yeah. So, I mean, I've been watching a ton of, um, I don't know, do you have Disney, Disney Plus? Mm-hmm. I watch a ton of um, the, the Pixar shorts, short oh, yeah. movies. My daughter loves them. They're so good. Loves them. And there was, there's this one called um, Lava. Yeah. Phenomenal, which is about um, a volcano who's like erupting and singing full of life, but wants love. And he's singing about love, doesn't find love, singing, singing, singing. Years goes past, years goes past about him wanting love. And he sings himself pretty much into ex- extinction. And little did he know, as he's singing, there's a, there's a, you know, a female volcano under the water, which is coming up, which is being born. And she's been hearing his singing. For, for ages and she's just, she's in love with this voice so she's coming up as he's sinking back into the ocean and just as he's about to sink into the ocean she bursts up but can't see him because he's just about sunk and she starts singing the song that he was singing and now he's sinking he's crying he's crying and then he let goes and is like oh you know this is my love and i can't have i'm letting go then he starts rising back up and then they join each other. But it was only until the point of him letting go of the, the I want love is when it came about. And yeah, it's Disney, it's Pixar and stuff. But the, the reason why they resonate so deep, these Disney movies, is because they resonate so deep within our subconscious of the storyline is on the surface. Uh, well, you see, what you see is the animation on the surface, but the storyline goes deep within our subconscious. And it's like the seven dwarfs. My, my daughter loves the seven dwarfs. So I bought it for him. They sleep with her. They bath with her. Like she is obsessed with them. And I was like, what do these little dudes represent? They represent all of us. Sneezy, sleepy, bashful, um, grumpy, happy, doc, uh, dopey. That every single one of them represents a full consciousness of individual personalities. And we all have those. And we can all resonate with deep within all of those. And she and my daughter can resonate with all of them because she's living completely as herself with no connotations there is she doesn't know anything else right apart from to be herself seven dwarfs are like pre inside out yeah you know like the little things that live within you yep yep you know what's cool too about that lava story that i hadn't really thought about until you brought it up but like it is you're right it's the merging of the conscious and the subconscious mind and the feminine the masculine aspects but for the 
it's like the conscious mind is is the masculine sort of like you could look at it as like sentinels that like stand at the, the doorway guarding what comes into you and because your subconscious will just birth whatever reality you actually believe but your 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 conscious mind is like i'm not going to believe this or i'm going to believe this but it's as soon as you let go and you let it allow into your subconscious then it can all be birthed and like there's this there's this verse that's in the bible that's so profound and and all and it's like but it's been so grossly misunderstood um and i remember thinking like this is like evil like you know when i heard first heard it and it was i'll get the exact wording wrong but it's something that had to do with like the the wife should be subservient to the husband or whatever it is something along those lines or it, i mean maybe it even says like the slave to the husband and i was like that can't be right but on further looking really going into the translation of it and really looking at the context it's like wait a minute this is talking about the husband they're talking about the conscious mind and the wife they're talking about the wife or the bride i forget what word they use is talking about the subconscious mind and the subconscious is the slave to your conscious mind so but meaning your subconscious is birthing everything that actually happens and that's a crazy idea and it's so true yeah. every night before you go to bed like your dreams are birthing and you see them sometimes if you pay attention to your dreams and you write them down like this this is what you actually believe what the good the bad and the ugly unfiltered and this is creating your reality these are your insecurities or these are your superpowers and that's what it looks and, and it externalizes and it really happens it's crazy yeah i mean i i feel like pinocchio is on now in the background but i think they they, they encompass the energy of I don't know what it is about Disney. It's just when you see, it, you just light up. Mm-hmm. It's, it, it's that innocence energy, I would say. Pure energy, I guess. I mean, it could be something completely deep, deep and dark. But to me, it, I think it's amazing. I think what they do there is incredible. And I love the fact that you, you, you know, The Matrix and Soul and Pinocchio are documentaries because it makes you really think of, because you, when you were kids, you just watched them for the enjoyment factor. It wasn't really the deep, subconscious meaning behind it you know you know it was teaching you kind of right and wrong or what not to do or all these type of things but it's so it's, it's such a they're like life lessons mm-hmm. very early on life lessons yes and there's so many subconscious layers especially in the walt era disney stuff like that are symbols that even if you're not consciously aware of you're getting it and that's where the you could call it magic lies is because it's speaking to your subconscious you don't even know what the depths of the story is. It's like in the beginning of Pinocchio, you know, Jiminy Cricket's talking, who is Jesus Christ, essentially, Jiminy Cricket, or the Holy Spirit. And then it's like you have Geppetto's, like the father element. And at the beginning, he's narrating, and it said, like, something along the lines of they're like going through the crooked streets of every town, every street in the town was crooked. But there was one house that left a crack in the door open, which was Geppetto's house, which meant the way that he says it is meaning he lived his life uprightly and he left a crack for, you could say, the Christ consciousness to come in through Mm -hmm. the window. He was the only one in the crooked streets that was orienting himself or doing his best to orient himself properly. And therefore, this miracle and this hero's journey was allowed to unfold through 
whatever mythological language you want to work, but it's working in the deep archetypal mind that's been with us since humans were walking upright mm-hmm. or maybe before. I love that we're two grown men on a podcast analyzing <laughs> Pinocchio. <laughs> Yo, if someone would have dropped me as like a, a seven-year-old and been like, this is going to be you when you're older, I'd be like, what a I, nerd. I don't enjoy Pinocchio anymore. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> should, we, should we dive in on some more? Yeah. All right. What you resist persists. What you look at disappears. Oh, man, you're going to go there, huh? And, 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 and when I wrote this down, I was like, hmm. And I was like, it's true. The things that I don't want in my life persist. And the things that I look at, you know, my anxieties, my stresses, my depressions, they disappeared. Yeah. I'm not saying they haven't come back or I have moments of stress or anxiety or these type of things. But when I look at them, they disappear. Mm-hmm. You know, I think there's such a distinction. In, and, and this is why, you know, podcasts and, and, and even just using language, the written word, it's so limited by what we can say to especially our concepts like this, because words have such an easy potential to be twisted. Um, what you resist persists or, you know, you could say the same thing saying, um, you become the thing that you fight against. Mm -hmm. And I think that's such an important thing for right now because there's so many things that we're fighting against. And, and oftentimes it's like, well, we're looking at things that do need to be looked at and changed, but there's a difference between going to war with something and fighting something because then like, even if the cause that you're fighting for, it's like, yeah, things need to be looked at. You create the opposite thing. And I'm being very careful about how I word, <laughs> how I word this right now because um, it's a really deep concept and it can be misunderstood. But people are fighting so much. And why are we fighting? And And it's like, See, I, I don't ever focus on those people, though. I don't ever focus on, like, issues or, again, call yeah. me selfish, call me whatever. For me to protect my integrity and my practical spiritualism, I can only focus on what's around me. Mm-hmm. So it's not that I don't care about those things. It's just that I know how I have to be within myself. And it's like like I said before on my last podcast, is why is the world the state is in? Because collectively, if you think about how many thoughts and feelings and emotions you have on a daily basis, what I have and everyone in this house and then plus everyone in my house plus the whole fucking planet, you wonder why the world's in the state it's in. Now, how can I change that? I can't change the way someone else thinks, yes. but I can change the way I think. Mm-hmm. And then I can, therefore, the way I think about things, I can change my collective consciousness And I'm not adding to the fuel of the consciousness that everyone's putting out. I'm adding for my little piece of utopia that I'm trying to create and empower the people behind me. That's why I'm saying the most loving person is the most self-centered. Yes. And that's back to that point of, you know, I, if I want to see world peace, I have to be peaceful within myself. Mm. If I want to see, you know, no famine, no hunger, no order, I can feed someone. But then I have to give them a piece of information of why they have no food. Yes. Uh, you know, human suffering is no one should suffer. Why are they suffering? And then it comes into this kind of this black and white line of, you know, 
well, some people don't have a choice of suffering. And again, I, I don't. I, I run into so many spiritualism and so, so many people but things that I don't do that. I'm all about accountability. You're born in a situation. You're born in to, not to learn to know about yourself or experience something you haven't experienced before. So if you're born into suffering, it means you're exper- you haven't mm-hmm. suffered before, yeah. and this is what you're experiencing. Mm-hmm. It's not about the suffering. It's it's about who you become part of that suffering. Mm-hmm. That's where you're talking about the kind of negative becomes a positive or positive becomes a negative. Mm-hmm. So I, I kind of relate to that. But it's the accountability factor, which, you know, because sometimes getting me in trouble. But I know I'm in control of everything I do uh, because it's the way I feel, which lead to my, th- my thoughts, lead to my, my word, my word leads to my action. So it's the accountability. So I don't ever focus on how can I change that there's, that there's famine over there. Well, I know I can educate people into change their mental state that food is not a lack of. There's an abundance of food. Yes. We just see, like now we see cities as there's no space for anyone. When there's the world, there's a huge place. There's a space for everyone. But because cities are so confined, it has this, this stereotype notion that there isn't enough space. It's the right. same with us. We have enough time and enough space to do anything we want. We just rush everything because we think that's what is supposed to happen. Mm-hmm. Therefore, we're rushing our lives back to the kind of do we live forever where we rush through our lives. Um, I just rambled on there, but it's kind of. I loved it. It's just I, I, it's something I de- believe so deeply and I'm not here to sugarcoat spiritualism. I'm here to give you a practical insight into the power you have mm. to do anything you want just as, as, as attract fear attracts things quicker to you. Yes. Because we are innately a fear-based society right now. And I think we're moving away from that. But to that point, you know, you But it's have... not about, it's not about we. It's about you. You're right. It is but 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 as I do this in myself, I see everyone around me doing the same thing. Boom. Everyone like around, attracts like. my family. Yeah. The conversations with my parents that that are going on in the last few years Convers- like the changes in all my friends lives it's like it's mind-blowing how much and it wasn't the, and this is the difference i think some people when they start to awaken spiritually they go ah oh, you need to know this or you just don't get this or it's this or you know we're really seeing this right now like hot button issues right let's go vaccines right you have oh anti-vaxxers and you have vaxxers and 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 some people believe that vaccines are the cure to everything which is great and which is great yeah and some people believe it and that's not, true which is great and and some people yeah. believe that vaccines are evil and there's and there's a hidden agenda and that's great and that's also true they're both true and they're both wrong so if you're of if you want to get the vaccine get the vaccine absolutely get the vaccine and if that's the best for you then yes please do it but then don't go tell someone who doesn't want to get the vaccine like no you're evil you're part of the problem and the same on the one if you're in if you're you know if you don't want to get the vaccine then don't go but i have the answers and i know more and it's evil and you're evil and you're part of the problem it's this big conspiracy it's like what you fight you become Mm -hmm. on both sides like we're talking about and well, it's, it's that notion of um, the judged becomes the judge because mm-hmm. it's, it, it's funny you said that because I actually had to unfollow a ton of people who were doing either or mm-hmm. or and or or whatever. And I see 
the I guess if you want to call the Democrats or uh, everything is politicalized now, which which and I see the people who are very anti-Trump, who are very pro-vaccine. Hmm. And I see people who are pro-Trump are very anti-vaccine. It's almost like the switch has happened. I don't know how, hmm. but it's this judgment of, you know, like Billie Eilish, a perfect example was like, fuck you, get the vaccine. It was something like she put that out and it was like. Hmm. It's perpetuating hatred. Yeah. I was like, whoa, hang on a minute. Yeah. What if there's someone who physically cannot get the vaccine due to sure. health reasons or any type of things? Sure. And it's, it's so funny because I mean, my, my I wouldn't say my wife is like, she's not the conspiracy theorist, but she always says little tidbits. And before the before the COVID hit and all this type of thing, she would say things that something's coming. And I'd be like, oh, OK, because I don't really pay attention because I know that I am the driving force in my life. So the outside world doesn't really matter uh-huh. to me in, 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 a, in a spiritual sense or in a practical sense. Yes, I know what you mean. So she would say things like, oh, vaccine passports are coming. I was like, they're never going to do that. No one's ever going to do that. Now it's coming. The, the whole world is rolling out vaccine. And all these type of tidbits, because it's not about what. I think it's about the collective consciousness. Mm. And that's why we have fucked up weather in certain areas. We have earthquakes in others. We have this and that because it's the collective consciousness. The difference is, is how is it going to affect you once those things happen? I'm not saying you attract an earthquake per se, but if you're in an earthquake, how is that earthquake going to affect you? Mm-hmm. What's the sign or the, the experience or the signal you're going to take from that? But I'm with you. I mean, it's this notion of this or that when it just should be. You know, if you're vaccinated, great. I, I love you for it. If you're not, yeah. great. I love you for it. This is free exactly. will. This is free choice. This is not. Exactly. We're not you, self-policing each other. Yeah. Let's not do that because we've seen the past in history yeah. where that leads when we, it's like, you know, it's a dystopian thing when we're, yeah, yeah you don't need police anymore because we're going to police each other. That's terrifying. Yeah. No, let's choose to <laughs> love each other yeah. wherever you're at. Even if we disagree, yes. that's fine to disagree. I love it. I mean, I love that I can have these conversations with you because it's, it's, it's what we should all be doing. If you're not talking about your feelings and emotions and getting everything out, I think that's where the manifestations of the health aspect come in. Health is an uh, uh, ailments are physical manifestations of, it could be deep feelings. I remember having this conversation, which was really a tough conversation with someone who, who I guess was, I don't know if they were dying of cancer, but they basically had almost cemented the fact that this is here to stay. And and I was diving in, not I don't know anything. I, I, I know people who have died of cancer. I know people who have cancer. And I've never really had a conversation with them based on feelings and emotions of physical things within your body coming out physically based on the way you feel. And I know I felt severe depression and severe anxiety and become sick from it and physical things and physical ailments. I've had friends who have also felt the same and, and they, I've seen them physically change and physical ailments and all these type of things. So I can base that on my own experiences of illnesses within physical, uh, physical manifestations of the way you feel. And I was having this deep conversation with, with her and I've had, you know, people conversation with people who are dying and they're deceptive, they're dying, but they're, they're off peace. They've almost accepted death. They know it's coming. So therefore, you can't really question anything about it or you should do this or any type of thing because we don't know any answers. But I, I asked her, what was her state of mind? She says, I'm probably the most stressed person you'll ever meet. And I was like, wow. The, so I was asking her the concept of death and she was scared as hell. Um, but she came across as this like spiritual 
type of person would wear beads and really kind of flow with life and and I was trying to explain to her maybe because I, I I wanted it's almost like I find evidence in people to kind of I wouldn't say to give me signs that the path I'm on is real and not saying someone that's cancer is giving me evidence that the reason why she has cancer is the way she feels that's not what I'm talking about I'm talking about evidence of physicalness within you telling them that you that you have to do something different and the majority of the time we we change the physical outside world we exercise we eat healthier but we don't change the mental state towards ourselves or the lovingness towards ourselves or you know all that type of things and the conversation was amazing it opened my eyes to so many different things and i explained these things to her and she was like you can't tell me anything i know that the reason why i have this is because it's just it's just is and i was like wow and she's right and she's right because that is what exists within that's her herself reality. that's her reality yeah. and again there is no there is no right or wrong to any of this there just is mm-hmm. and again i leveled up from that conversation and um, because it was an open conversation we spoke about death we spoke about disease we spoke about something that's killing her but she understood that she's killing her herself mm. it didn't it didn't just did deter her from smoking or drinking and i realized we don't essentially none of us really care about life as the concept we do because we do things to our physical bodies that go against the thought that we have it's like the whole concept of you know um i don't know smoking cigarettes you think you you you're pro life but then your action does something else mm. conversation with god speaks about this type of stuff of alcohol for example i am now in this battle of i enjoy alcohol i'm not going to lie i'm not it's not something that that i'm battling against or i'm an alcoholic because some I can go months without it, but you know, of a weekend, my wife and I like to have a little couple of spicy margaritas. We have a great time. Yeah. But then it's the concept inside of me going, well, I know it's poisoning me, but now I have to get rid of that notion of it poisoning me because that's what it's doing because I know it is. But then it's battling that, that manifestation of knowing it's like ignorance is bliss of when you were young, you mm. could drink, eat whatever you want. It did not affect your body. Because it's the ignorance behind it. You know that, that it, there was no food unhealthy. Yeah. There was nothing you couldn't do that was unhealthy or bad for you or any type of stuff. It was just the ignorance of bliss. Now, my question for you is, I miss the ignorance of bliss sometimes. Do you? No. <laughs> no, because because I've seen, I mean, alcohol is a good example of like, I was never an alcoholic. Yeah. And, I, you know, I was just, you drink now? Like most people, no. Oh shit! Okay. And and it was it it was difficult for a couple of years, not because I was just like, oh, I want to drink. It was like a social thing, like I like mm. a little get a little buzz, and especially like if you can be anxious in social situations, like I could be, um, or more on the introverted scale of the spectrum, and you're out in a public situation, you're just like, oh, I just want to feel like myself you know and like not have these inhibitions but then i was like well why do i need an i don't need alcohol why do i need to ingest a spirit to get <laughs> to my true spirit and and it's still i'm i still like have to before i go to a, a party or event or or whatever where i would have just had like a couple drinks you know like nothing crazy but like i can get to a much higher level of consciousness if I just focus 
And then like, boom, and it's like, it's actually been amazing. Like I would say like more in the last year when it's like, I have zero desire to have a drink when I'm in a a social situation. Now there's not a single bit of me that's like, oh, this would just be a little bit more fun if there was a drink, if I had a drink now. I'm, I'm there now and I would never go back Mm. because, because it's not like, is, because it's but, elevated from where it was. Is that you basing your drinking experience on past experiences or is this you now with the conscious decision that this you just don't want to do it or is it based on past? You know what? It's not even that I don't want to do it because yeah. if I want to have a drink ever, I will. Yeah. And that's the same way it's like with, with eating meat or whatever. Like if I ever want a steak, I'm just going to eat it. Yeah. If I ever want a drink, I'm just going to eat it. Like I don't say I don't do something, I guess. Let's, let's put it that way. But I have no desire to do it because I have so much more joy and fun mm. now without it elevated on, yes, the past, of, of but also like in the moment when I'm there, I'm like, I, this would not be elevated anymore with a, with a drink. That's a beautiful place to be. Uh, me, I, I, I genuinely enjoy it. Not, not for, I mean, again, it's mainly, yeah. you're right. It's social. When people come over, there's this innate, I guess, I wouldn't say pressure. For me, it was anxiety. Yeah. And then with a couple drinks, I would just be like, oh, I'm loose. Now I can be who I am. Yeah. Now I can crack that little joke or say this little thing or just, it was just a feeling. Yeah. But purposing to get more to that has been a sweet journey. Coffee was harder. Oh, really? See, I've never drunk coffee. Yeah, coffee was harder for me. I've never really tasted it. Never really. I'm more of a like a peppermint. I'm more like a herbal tea type of dude. Yeah, well, because you're. And I smoke weed I'm as more well. Of so. a herbal tea type of dude. That was a terrible <laughs> accent. <laughs> and they and they call you Roy English. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, that was definitely wasn't was, the Queen's English. That was not any English. Yes, it was hardly English. All right, let's let's do just a couple more. Um... Every now moment is a g- glorious gift from God slash universe. That's why they call it the present. Love that. I remember that one, actually. It's a great one. It's so good. The, the present. Yeah. I love presents. I love presents. Yeah. Presents. You know what? That is the greatest gift you can give someone, though. Like, when you're really present with someone yeah. and you're listening to them and you're looking in into someone's eyes and and one thing that i enjoy doing is is that just helps me kind of center in that present is when i'm looking in someone's eyes i'm literally a lot of times in my head like just thinking and feeling the energy of just like i am you yeah looking at me and i love you yeah whether or not they're saying some crazy thing (laughs) or or it's someone that's easy to love let's say like this conversation just like man i love you like i see you and i see me and it's the same thing and there's no greater gift you can give someone and when someone gives that to you when they're actually listening to you and and asking you a question when you and when they ask you a question you know they want to hear the answer and they're listening and and that's a that's that's a really bad feeling when someone asks you something or or doesn't ask you anything and just like talks about themselves or their own ideas and um it's not, it doesn't make people feel good. Mm-mm. Even if you're saying truth and even if you're saying something maybe affirming, like people just want to be seen and heard just like every one of us yeah. just want to be seen and heard. I feel like I'm, sl- I'm, I'm, I'm slowly becoming the opposite. 
Mm, what do you mean? I, I want to be unknown and unseen and unheard. Mm. Within, it's, well, I mean, like I spoke to you before about the whole social media thing and trying to get back to that, I, I wouldn't say Jesus vibes, but of not needing something to be something. You know, that whole yes. um, being with like, I used to be that whole concept of, I want to be remembered when I go, or mm. I want to be this when I, or, you know, you see kind of successful music people like, oh, you know, I, I want some of that. And now I'm like, yeah. like I said to you before, kind of before we jumped on the show is the more I become aware of myself, the less I want, which is a scary thing. It's a scary thing to realize that you don't need certain things or want certain things even though your whole life has been the goal to achieve those things, it can be a kind of almost a loss of self, not self in terms of losing yourself, a loss of a, a, a personality or personality trait per se. And I'm kind of in that, that process now of, I feel like I don't need anything in order to be, which is actually making me feel really great, but also at the same time, really fucking scared of the fact that, you know, it's that whole thing of missing out on something or like, you know, as, as an artist, there's this peer pressure to do something in order to be seen or be, go to that event to do that or to speak to that person or do that interview because it's going to go to this. It's always something for something instead of understanding that it's just you. Such a difficult concept to kind of put your head around. Mm -hmm. But kind of once you start the flow, there's kind of no turning back. And I'm kind of on that whirlwind right now of I don't need to you know, break this podcast on social media. It's not going to, it's not going to happen for me. I know that organically people are hitting me up left, right and center based on, and half of them, most of them who are hitting me up are not even on social media or they are, but they were, they were, this the only way to find me and ask me a question based on the show. And I'm like, wow, it's this whole concept of before the internet, before phones, before social media, before letters, before sending pigeons, before anyone could write, how the fuck did someone know about something? Right. It's all it's all energy based. It's all letting go of energy based. It's all letting go of yourself. It's like becoming this thin piece of paper instead of this huge stack of layers. Just being that one piece of paper in the pile and knowing that that's all you need. Such a difficult concept to get your head around or, to, or not even a concept. The concept's easy to get around. It's difficult to put into practice and continue to put into practice that kind of way of living. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And you know how many experiences you've been through for us to have this conversation. Absolutely. Both of us. Our, our, our journeys to even be able to attempt this conversation, yeah. let's say, because, you know, I think we're both of that mindset. Like, we're just learning. We're here to have this conversation. We're going to walk away with it learning something and then in a couple of years you're gonna be like dang we knew nothing then yeah i do that all the time especially on old shit that i'm like wow you really thought you knew shit yeah and, and I, we always will always will um all right let's do let's do one more um god asks only that you include yourself among those you love <laughs> as i said like this whole thing of god to me is so confusing not confusing it's Something that I, I, the word God is such a, I wish it was called something else now. Maybe I can just call it whatever. You universe. Call it whatever you want. Yeah, whatever I want. And I'm like, wow. It, include yourself as, as one of those you love. 
I mean, that's that's so profound. Include yourself. Yeah, if you don't love yourself, you cannot love or see anybody else. I really, really have seen that in my life. Mm. So much not loving myself and so much like weird when I look at it now, like waking up in the morning, like first thing I do is look in the mirror and like tell myself how ugly I look or or how or how nobody likes you or how weird you like you know when i was growing up especially and it's interesting then reflecting on the way i treated other people back then mm-hmm. it was not good no you, you you treated them based on your own insecurities i treated everybody based mm-hmm. on my own insecurities and i thought that i was always the victim i thought that things were happening to me and that I was getting screwed over or that or that I was a genius who was unrecognized and and uh, I just wasn't getting my shot or whatever. Yeah, it's that victim mentality. Victim mentality and it was never that. It was always me. And see you can put those experiences as evidence. Yes. For thoughts, feelings, emotions, everything on the inside creates your whole outside exterior. Right. And you get into these loops. Yeah. Where where you know, it's like it said the will of God or the will of the universe spins clockwise. And if you start going against that, you're spinning counterclockwise. And it's like a spiral. Clockwise, you're going up. And as you're going up, the, the spiral is getting tighter, you know, tighter and tighter, quicker. And but the same down. It's like if you start def- listening to that negative voice, you descend really quickly and you can you can um, you can choose and and. I love the the word, and it's been so misunderstood, the word repent. And, you know, there's a repent from your sins. But, like, it's a brilliant way to put it when you really translate that because to repent just means to revise, mm-hmm. to revise the pattern. What pattern are you creating? You revise it. And sin just comes from an archery term. That is to miss the mark. That's all it is. It's not like you necessarily did something evil or whatever. you just like, you had a name that you set for yourself. I want to be an artist or I want to be a executive or whatever your aim. It can be anything you decide. Oh, you missed. That's okay. Revise. It's powerful. Revi- revise the pattern. Cause you are the pattern. Mm-hmm. I, I, I always use the term, um, which is Marianne Williams, um, return to love. Another great book. Um, People focus too much on the crucifixion and not on the resurrection. <laughs> yeah. Because we all, I mean, there's the victim mentality of the, everyone feels crucified, mm-hmm. but it's not about the crucifixion. It's about how you come out of that experience, mm-hmm. which is the resurrection. And it's also, it's, it's, the crucifixion is, is a willing dying to self, let's say, mm-hmm. or, or, or um, the willingness is the key. It's not like, you're just done like in that story jesus knew what he was doing very well yeah his ideas were so radical that it's like the roman government had to kill him because people i mean he was telling people like you all will do greater things than i have done you'll do these same things and greater things if you follow i'm just here to lay the pattern of being for you that's it i'm the son of god but so are you yeah. And so are you, and so are you, and so are you. And he knew that that was going to get him killed. But 
that was okay because you got the message out. And 2,000 years later, we're still trying to figure out what he actually was <laughs> talking about, you yeah. know? Such a beautiful um, – Roy, I mean, you're incredible. I love our conversations all the time. I always feel like my, I always grow in evolution after our conversations. And I think – I feel like that is why I'm here to – because I know Conversation with God talks about we've lived many lives over and over and over again and it's taking us this long in our life process to understand self. And I feel like I'm slowly coming to that understanding of myself, not why I'm here or any type of shit. I think that's completely irrelevant, but in terms of understanding where I came, where I'm coming from and where I'm going and who I want to be. Um, so yeah, I, th I thank you for these conversations, man. I thank you. I, I, enjoy these very much there's no other way that i would want to spend the day you're uh you're a very wise being and it's beautiful to be growing together thank you man i really appreciate it. And, and then just one more i guess what's now for, for for jaguar twin well we just released a single called i like to party music videos dropping in a couple weeks that's so cool it's amazing and then new album coming. We're going to continue to release singles, though. Yeah. From there, every... Touring? I'm not sure Is yet. that a thing yet? We're beginning to look at it. Okay. About what a, what a Jaguar Twin Tour would look like. Everything we're doing, we're doing it very differently. You're doing it as you? Yeah. <laughs> yes. It's always going to be different. It's always going to be different. Yeah. Right. Uh, Jaguar, your twin, Roy English, you're fucking twin. incredible. Twin, twin, twin. <laughs> Mr. Twin. Um, perfect. You're a G.